Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Everybody, welcome back to uh, Ausbiz Live from our Barangaroo studios. We kick off the afternoon with the call. Ten stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. We do it all in one hour. It is the 3rd of August panel today. It's a cracker. Rudy Philippic Van Dyke from FN Arena and Carl Gapalinga from Thick Markets. Gentlemen, welcome. Good to see you. Rudy, welcome. It's mutual. Uh, oh, oh, that makes my heart sing. Carl, you're back online. Good fly back to the West. Uh, I am, yes. Thanks, Koshi. Good to be good to be back home. It's a but not as beautiful weather as you had over there in Sydney. And thanks uh-huh. uh, for the warm welcome yeah. at Ausbiz. Uh, yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah, no, it was good to see you, IRL. All, am I sounding like a hipster? Yeah, you do. My grandkids uh, know in, me in real life. So I was good last week. <laughs> well, in real life, yeah, yeah. everybody who doesn't know what that means. <laughs> Let's get straight straight into it because uh, there's a lot to get through and you two are always really informative. Uh, first half hour, uh, we'll take a look at Woolies, Index, United, Malt. Hasn't that come down to earth the last couple of days? Coronado, Global Resources and Nitro Software. Uh, stock of the day. New Hope uh, out with a market update ahead of full year results. Miner is buying a 15% stake in Malabar Resources for an, uh, around $94 million. New South Wales government is granting the Bengala Mining Project an expiration licence which will ramp up local coal, coal supply in the next two years. In the short term, New Hope expects thermal coal prices to remain at record levels. Uh, Carl, what did you think of the New Hope announcement and uh, and also the stock at the moment. Yeah, well, it just shows they're just trying to, you know, feed the frenzy, aren't they, with coal prices. So this uh, Malabar is an unlisted public company. So uh, they actually um, raised some money and they took themselves off the boards uh, in 2017. So I did try and do some research into the company and then, you know, reached a bunch of dead ends. So uh, it, it is, they've got a, a mine that's just about to go into production. They're fully funded now as part of the equity raising, which New Hope took part in. Um, so that's kind of how they ended up with this stake. Um, but it is, again, this this uh, this goal, this desire to continue to uh, get as much production under their belt as possible to take advantage of these high coal prices, which are amazing at the moment. So, you know, I like my bottom left, top right charts, and they don't get as bottom left, top right as the price of um, coal. I sent through, uh, well, that's a New Hope chart, which is bottom yep. left, top right. No, no surprise there, given the coal chart. Um, New Hope looks looks great. I mean, it took a little bit of a pause there on the Queensland royalties um, increase, which they do have some minor exposure to, but, you know, this is largely a New South Wales play. So yep. um, it still looks good compared to, say, like a Stanmore, which got belted, and Terracom, which pulled back a bit as well. Um, there's the coal, coal chart there. So that's, um, I, I wanted to zoom out, give you a sort of a really um, long-term view of it, just to put into perspective how unprecedented, it not that word being thrown around so much lately, how unprecedented this move is. If you zoom in a little bit, go to the daily chart, um, it, it still looks good. It doesn't It's not. Doesn't feel to me like one of those flash in the pans, at least not just yet. So I think there's some legs in, in this coal price rally, at least it's staying at these high prices. And if the coal price stays there, then just New Hope, Whitehaven, as I said, Terracom, I think still are highly undervalued. Those stocks, those thermal coal producers are just going to make money hand over fist. But you have to be a little bit selective in the sector because again, some of them got knocked about by this Queensland um, royalty mm. thing. Those charts don't look as good. Um, and then you've got your, your Met Coals out there as well. Met Coal producers, we'll talk about one a little bit later on in the show, which don't look anywhere near as good as well. So if you have to pick one, uh, Terracom, Whitehaven, New Hope would be my top three. Okay. So even at these lofty levels, New Hope still a buy? Oh, that's tough, isn't it? Look, it's something it, it, you can see the chart. So it's been, uh, you know, it's been religiously every day on my, on my Twitter shortlist, right? It's so good. A new hope, white, it's there. Uh, it, 
Yeah, I'm, look, I have to back it. The chart still looks good. I'm going to say even now it's still worth a buy, but mm. you have to understand, you know, I'm not as confident as I was, you know, six okay. months ago in the upside, but the, the coal prices still look strong. Rudy? Yeah, the, the coal price does look strong, and so has the trend been. Um, but my suspicion is that this is also now a very crowded trade. Right. Um, human nature, when we go through six months and very, very few sectors really persistently work, then the few stocks that do work, they attract logically yep. money because that's the easy way to make money. So I'm suspecting a lot of people are in there. And I always get suspicious with uh, when, when people predict these things far out into the future. It is, it's right. a commodity. I know it's... Yep. The, the circumstances are quite not normal, no. but I'm always suspicious when prices and for how long they can stay this high, etc., okay. etc. Et let, let Small it. changes the, can make right. a big difference. Prices will, on, come, prices will come down. I yes. totally agree. Well, like eventually, no. All right. it, it, the price, no doubt, it has to come down. But I think we've got this this period, this window of opportunity mm. where they're just going to make money hand over fist for the next, you know, eighteen months, okay. maybe Rudy. Let me, you know, maybe let, twelve, let, eighteen months. Let but, me. But I agree with Rudy. I agree with Rudy. The thing will put okay. It'll halve, it'll quarter at All some right. stage. Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor I know. I know. says it's a this, commodity. this commodity is yeah. broken mm. because there will be no supply. Uh, no bank will ever finance a coal mine again. No government will ever approve it. This stake in this uh, supposedly yeah. new business, uh, that... That's been years ago approved. It's not a new approval, so they're yeah, yeah, trying right. to sop up. And I've been saying for years that uh, as we phase out uh, fossil fuel, the last remaining producers will have a jolly good time in, yeah. at, at, in the very last falls of the... And that's, yeah. that's a fact. But it takes, again, small changes can have a very big impact mm -hmm. on share price, in particular if they, if they run that hard. It takes someone with a different type of uh, risk appetite. Uh, that's not me. Okay. So no, no for I'm, new not, hope. I'm not. And definitely not when it's when it's no longer on its knees and it's actually riding high. Yeah. Right. Look, I, I agree. It's not a core. Like, it's not one of those core positions. It's more of a risk money play at these at these levels. Right. I think. But I, I have to back the trend. Yeah. Uh, they got to pay a good dividend though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's going to be massive. They got to yes. pay huge amounts of dividend. It's going to be massive. Anyhow, they're cash making machines. Uh, Rudy. Linda wants a view. Uh, let's go something a little less speculative as we take a look at the stocks you want us to uh, um, analyse. Uh, Rudy, Linda wants a view on Woolworths. Uh, so See, now we're going to complete different end yes, of the spectrum. Yes, exactly right. Which is what I love about the call. It's, <laughs> you never know what's coming up. It's full of surprises. Uh, full, full disclosure, I am a shareholder in Woolworths right. and I have been for a very long time and, I, and, and it's, my philosophy is very simple. If you are truly a long-term investor and you have a portfolio which is, uh, which is d destined for the longer term, then Woolworths is one of those companies you just have to have right. in there. You know what I mean? And Coles, or do you choose? You can have both. I have both at the moment. Right. Okay. Uh, but the preference would be for Woolworths. Um, right. The mistake that people make is they go for the cheaper one, and the yep. cheaper one has been for a very long time Coles. Yeah. But the best performing one is Woolies. Yeah. Uh, people don't understand that uh, if you are the best operator in a sector. You, you, you get rewarded for that by right. with a premium valuation. That's essentially what's happening in the, in the local grocery industry. Um, however, if you don't own the stock, I don't think you should be start chasing it here. It's, it's bid up. That, yeah. See that one? Because we're, the market has gone a little bit more defensive. We're preparing for, for, for rougher times ahead, uh, potentially for, for a recession. Now, this company should, all else being equal, be uh, come out of the recession much stronger than it goes in it. The problem, however, is that, and you see a little bit on that chart, early in the year they disappointed on costs, as did calls previously then. Yeah. And that is one of the big question marks we have now in the reporting season. So while they are beneficiaries of inflation, uh, they are potentially, the uncertainty, uh, uncertainty here is how have they managed costs over the past six months okay. or so. So there's potential for disappointment and the share price is not what I would call uh, exceptionally cheap. Um, I would be a little bit more cautious in the short term, but if you own it, by all means, mean, uh, oh. buy more on weakness, keep it in the portfolio because okay. this is a, a very, very good long-term uh, proposition. Okay, so hold, interesting, a couple of weeks ago, Coles came up, Henry Jennings was on and Ben Clark from TMS, they both had a hold on Coles as mm. well, but both preferred Woolies. Woolies is the bell operator, yes. Uh, space. Um, but Carl, if you look at that five-year chart over the last three years, 
Not a big range that goes in. Is it? So no, it just pl- plods along. No, I have to correct yeah, both of you. They've spun off Endeavour. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. That is yeah, what's no, that's, a point. that's a very good point. And uh, Endeavour has performed really, really well on its own. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good. yeah, I think yeah, good that's, that's a fair comment. Yeah, it's all look, it's all back. It's a, for viewers uh, that might not get it. It's not like you add the Endeavour share price onto Woolworths, no. uh, so that's all back adjusted. But you were a shareholder. You, you know, if you had it long enough, you're a shareholder of both. Uh, yeah. And Endeavour has obviously gone up um, since it since it's floated. So net net, uh, as a as a shareholder of both, you've you've done well. And Rudy's correct there. Uh, I didn't think I'd agree very much with Rudy today when I found out I was coming on with him. But I agree with everything he said on on Woolworths. I think it, it you know it. it this is definitely high up on the list of your, your quality defensive plays out there. I agree it's not the cheapest stock out there at the moment. I agree Coles looks a bit cheaper, but the growth on Coles may be a little bit less. I mean, it, it's it's half a dozen of one sixty other, isn't it, between the two. If I had to pick one of the two, so, you know, I know viewers are often about to allocate capital and they're looking to fill that spot, aren't they, yeah. uh, in their super, you know, supermarket space. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go with Coles. I just think it's a little bit cheaper. Deeper, the chart looks a little bit better and the growth is about the same. So, but but okay. by all means, you know, if you have to pick Woolies for whatever reason, go for it too. Okay, and well, I'm, I'm, not a, be a I'm not a buy. I'm not a buy, I'm a hold, yeah. Right. Look, I think it is also top of the range as well. The chart looks fine, but it is at the top of a pretty well-defined range. Okay. All right, uh, Alex, um, Carl was wanting a view on Index, the uh, basically the mining services company. Yes, uh, so it does um, not just uh, sort of the drilling of uh, of your, your 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 holes in the ground, but obviously the um, the processing of the assay results, and then they've got some um, pretty neat technology to help you sort of visualise uh, the the ore body in situ, sort of three dimensional cloud based stuff can be shared around everywhere, and helps you sort of analyse uh, what you've got in the ground. Okay, so it's um quite diversified in that regard, um, and but having said that, it's still you know, almost totally exposed to the, to the mining sector. So, you know, its, it's fortune is going to ebb and flow at the moment, um, doing quite well because there's uh, commodity prices up until very, very recently, as in the last month or so, uh, have been going gangbusters. And that helps uh, mining companies get financing to go out there and do exploration, okay? And, up, and we're, we're back to sort of pre-COVID levels now on um, sort of financings in terms of, um, uh, you know, going out there to find new stuff. So that's that's all pretty good. It's a company that operationally has executed very, very well. Um, so that speaks to management's ability to navigate a difficult environment, you know, more recently in terms of uh, sort of costs and supply chains. But they're, they're fairly capital light, you know, um, it's it's more, you know, high returns on equity, it's more about the expertise and the, and the, and the software that, that they have. The only problem I have with Index, um, it's not the execution, it's not the outlook. I think it's all pretty good. And we're going to talk about companies today where management hasn't been very good. Execution's been terrible and risks are high. I just don't think it's particularly cheap here. I think um, it, it, it sort of enjoyed those um, software technology style valuations up right. until sort of November last year where everything, you know, obviously for tech started to unravel. I think we're, we're at sort of a fair valuation for it now. So it was, um, I was going to say it was sort of high 20s and, and 30s on its PE. Now it's more like sort of 12s and 13s going forward. But, you know, for sort of high single digit, low double digit growth, I think that's fair. So fairly valued. And then we get to the chart. The chart looks horrific. Um, so without uh, the, the sort of the attractive valuation with the chart looking horrible, I have mm. to say regrettably sell, even though there is a quality business there. Okay. Uh, Rudy? Yeah, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't go there. Um, there are two sectors on, on the stock exchange in general, which generate over time the most or most of the bankruptcies and the failures. Uh, one is retail, and we know why that is. Retail is a very competitive industry. Yeah. The other one are mining services providers. Um, some of the uh, more more inglorious failures we've had <laughs> on the share market over the past two decades, they're all from the mining services sector. I suspect that the share price, uh, on paper, this looks a great buy. I mean, the, the growth prospects are there. Uh, man, I agree with, uh, with Carl up to a certain extent that in, in recent times, the management seemed to have done all the right things, but if you go further back in history, they almost went bankrupt, these guys, at, yeah. at one stage. Again, that's the sector. Um, so for my risk profile, I, would, I wouldn't go there. And I suspect that the share price is where it is, because the market is taking a much more cautious view on 
economic growth going forward and the impact on commodities. Okay. And, and again, given they are quite a small player, if one or two customers all of a sudden tighten the budgets, uh, that means no growth for the following year or so. Right, so the ripple effect is that, that's, that's, the, that's the risk that you're playing with. Okay. All right. Um, the market has certainly taken a view on uh, United Malta over the last uh, week or so, Rudy. Uh, Con wants a view on United Malt Group after their uh, latest results. Uh, of course, part of Grain Corp, spun out of Grain Corp, provides malt to brewers and craft brewers around the world. You've heard me saying this before. I, I, I tend to wait three or four years before com- after a company lists, yeah. because it, to get it, to get its true metal, its true color. When this company listed, I remember a large, huge, yeah, and a lot of people were very excited about it. Yep. We don't we don't have something like this. It's it's connected to the to the beer industry, to the boutique beers, which are going very well. It's almost a little bit like a Costa Group story. I mean, it's all very exciting, yeah. and then you find out along the way that there's there are elements which management simply doesn't have under their control. Right. And United Malt has, I mean, I've lost count, but this must be three or four times a, f- a profit warning. Yeah. So management can do any, anything they want, but there's the weather, there's the rain, there's the sun, there's competition, there's, I mean, there's so much that they don't control. And, and before you know it, there's another profit warning rolling out of there. Right. So for that, I mean, it's simply not my risk appetite. I would like, we had Woolworths earlier. Yeah. Last time at Woolworths uh, issued a profit warning is a long time ago. Yeah. Right? And that was a lot of hubris at the top. If they if they stay away from that, they, they tend to do okay, yeah. and they don't fall 17% after they've already fallen right. repeatedly. If, yeah. if, if you go back to the IPO uh, date, I mean, you, you, everyone's underwater now, mm. and, and it's... I know some people like that stuff, because it, it ultimately it gets too cheap to ignore, but uh, I, like, I like stocks that don't fall by that much, right. so I don't have to worry either. Yeah. Uh, Carl? Yeah, pretty similar to Rudy on that one. It's just been disappointment after disappointment for United Malt Group. And, you know, it's, it's an egg stock, right? So you have to go into these eyes wide open. Um, Canadian uh, barley crop, you know, drought there, that's been a major impact, sent barley prices up, obviously one of the major inputs. But then also you've got uh, energy costs, major input, and, um, you know, freight and shipping and just things getting delayed and not arriving on time. So they've had a tough time. They're saying that the expectations are that that uh, Canadian barley crop's going to going to improve and that could help them out a little bit. Look, maybe, maybe, maybe some of those um, t- headwinds are going to back out. But I think what's happening with the chart, and there it is right there, I think the market's just lost patience with management. I think they've just lost patience and faith in terms of their ability to execute this environment and therefore it's just a two it's been put in the too hard basket let's let's take our licking on this one and, and go and find something else better to do with the market um, the problem now is because this is at all-time lows this is a fairly new listing uh, you know that sounds bad in itself like all-time lows but there's nothing beneath there to say well oh that's where it bounced from a few years ago that's good value you know that that psychological low that you might hit so um, for me I think if you're going into it now it really is that old adage of catching the falling knife. It does look a little bit cheap here, I must admit, um, but looking at that chart, it is the exact opposite of what you want to see. So literally yeah. take that chart, flip it upside down, and that's when you want to get into an agricultural stock when it looks like that. And and also, once a market loses confidence in management, uh, it takes a long time to come back. Uh, people, people get s- scarred by it, don't they, psychologically? Yeah. Sort of investor remorse, well, and they go, I don't well, care manage- what you're going to do for three years. <laughs> But management tends to leave then. You know, you tend to find oh, management yeah. goes and then you've got the uncertainty of the next person coming in. Look, yeah. sometimes it hits, but and most of the time story. it misses, right? That, yeah. It's not a nice cycle. Okay. Having said so, things can turn around very quickly with agricultural stocks, yeah? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But then again, it, again, it, take, it takes someone with a different risk profile to yeah. go into agricultural stocks. And, and Carl was backing up what, what you said. When the uh, Californian barley price comes into your share price, you go... Geez, how many elements can affect the share price are out of your control? Um, Carl, Frankie wants a view on another coal producer, but this is a metallurgical coal, uh, Coronado Global Resources, uh, coal miner here in Australia in Queensland, and also they've got uh, a mine in, in Virginia in the United States. 
Yeah, look, I gave you the the thermal coal price before. I should have yeah. given you a met coal price. It has looked, it's gone up dramatically, but it's actually pulled back um, instead of, you know, obviously thermal's hanging up there because guess what? People need to stay warm, Goshi, yeah. all right? we need. So to thermal coal homes. goes into power stations, metallurgical coal yeah. goes into steel mills and things like that, does it? Exactly. And I'm yeah. so glad, actually, we've got these two different coal stocks on today because so many of my clients call in uh, and they say, hey, Carl, what, what coal stock should I buy? Yeah. You know, and then, well, hey, wait a minute. You know, not all coal, coal stocks are created equally, all right? So uh, now this is the, the problem for Coronado is it is almost exclusively the Met coal and uh, the Met coal is dependent, as you say, on, on steel production. And then you, you're tracing the dots back to China, right? Now, the IMF came out uh, just last week, I think it was, and downgraded their growth expectations for China to 3.3% per annum, which is the lowest since 1976. And many people would argue, the bulls would argue, hey, Carl, look, it's because of all the lockdowns, it's going to bounce back dramatically. Well, I get get that picture, but that that Chinese economic growth number has consistently disappointed to the downside for the better part of a decade now. And I'm a trend follower, and I can't see that trend changing anytime soon. The government has continuously tried to stimulate with not a lot of effect because debt levels are so high, you've just got a bunch of zombie property companies out there that they continue to prop up. And we're drawing the dots back to steel um, consumption is uh, is the, the major consumption is there from that Chinese property market. So I'm far less bullish on something like Coronado than I am on New Hope or any of those other thermal coal stocks we talked about. Um, so I'm going to say uh, no on that basis. And then the chart, if you have a look at that, that's more... Refl- oh, actually, here we go. This is... It, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll promise I'll be quicker on all the other ones if I can take a little bit more time on this one, Goshi. Um, what we've got up here is this idea of a value trap. So what I do before I come on the call is I run every stock through my uh, fundamental analysis filter. So there's uh, two, four, six, eight, I don't know, about 15 different um, financial oh. metrics that, that I put every stock through and I compare them using normal distribution curve to every other stock in the all ordinaries. So you can see how Coronado rates compared to all of the other stocks in the all ordinaries. It's almost 100% on everything. Yeah. Uh, and the reason for that is we are having cycling this massive, massive, huge bump in earnings where it's trading on a PE of about 1.5, okay? Wow. Um, a dividend yields uh, in, in the double digits. But the thing is, investors, viewers often will come and look at that and they go, oh, wow, I want to find something with a low PE and a high dividend yields, okay? And they, and they get onto their platform with their, you know, whatever it is, NabTrade or Comsec or whatever it is. And, and, and they have that data and they go, wow, look at this. I have to buy this. The problem is, if you fast forward, that one PE in three years' time is 23, Okay, mm. so earnings are expected to be a fraction in a few years' time of what they are now because of this coal price cycle and the, and the worries about global growth. Um, that dividend yield is going to fall, go from you know about 12 or 13 percent, which sounds great now, to about 5 percent. So this is what we call the value trap. When you hear fundamental an- analysts or, t- or market analysts talk about this value trap, it is this idea okay. that you get you get um, pegged on what is happening now and you don't look down the track. So great numbers now aren't necessarily um, great numbers down the track. Um, what I was about to say was the chart on Coronado it looks like it's about to break down. Um, I would go on that basis sell. You can see there it's just okay. that bouncing ball pattern about to fall off the end of the table, uh, and therefore I think it's a sell. Really? I think, um, fucking hell, this is this like, like a love fest uh, today? Uh, and sorry for swearing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I agree. I, I agree I, with. I was actually a bit slow. You mumbled it. Really. I thought, did Rudy just have use we, the F for it? Have <laughs> we got the, the beat? The beat. <laughs> I agree with uh, with with Carl. And uh, this is a point. This is a point I've been making recently as well. The mistake that investors make: they think that a low PE equals yeah. excellent opportunity. Yeah. Now. Commodity stocks are trading on low PEs because the market is preparing for recession. Yeah. And at the same time, a lot of commodity stocks have had exceptional pricing, which means you have to tra- put them on a low PE. That's yeah. that's a normal market response because it's not going to last. Yeah. Yeah? So PEs of three, four, five, six, seven, whatever they're trading on, is not by definition a better a better proposition than than a Woolies or a CSL, which are trading on multiples of those PEs. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. have to take a view on what's, what's in the future. Having said so, um, I think the market has become very skeptical towards steel, and that's the reason why uh, Blue Scope, trading on three PE six months ago, is down 18% today. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the market is very skeptical about steel in Asia, and that's obviously related to, 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 to China. I mean, 
again, I agree with, with, with Carl, um, the, the, the housing sector in China looks really like a house of cards that's being yep. held up now by with everything they can in Beijing. Uh, it doesn't look like that's that's a very strong engine for growth going forward, apart from the occasional bump upwards. And I think that's the only reason why you would um, own a stock like uh, Coronado. Okay. You're suspecting that uh, China does something and it temporarily props up the sector again, and and the share market might take it as a positive for the time being. Yeah. Uh, but again, uh, in general terms, I'm, I'm very skeptical about okay. buying commodity stocks when a recession might be along the horizon. So uh, that's a sell from you as well. Will we call that an effing sell? Yeah, that's the one. Okay, that's All the right. one. Um, double. Rudy Samira wants a view on uh, on Nitro's <laughs> software. Nitro produces yeah. a whole bunch of productivity tools. Basically, it's an alternative to uh, Adobe. Uh, recent update the last couple of days. That, which that company they bought done. is from Belgium, by the way. Oh. Which, which uh, is, is... So is, do you have a soft spot? Uh, well, if they drink beer, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this is another classic example of, and I, and I do understand why, why these questions come in, because these share prices fall so deeply. Yeah. Obviously, the normal response from people is, oh, it has fallen so much. In the tech has boom, to, has to be Exactly. has to be a great value. Well, like the, the, this comp oh, Like Appen, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just as a short intermezzo, my, my standard joke is always, what's a stock that has fallen by 90%? Well, that's a stock that falls by 80% first and then halves in price, yeah? Right. Now, that's that's a typical happen. I now have to reverse, I now have to do a second joke on the basis of the zips of the world. Right. What's a stock that's fallen by 80%? That's one that drops by 90% first and then doubles, yeah? Right. You're still down 80%. Right. Anyway, mathematics for the, for the, for the, for the, for the viewers out there. The problem with, with a company like Nitro is, is, is there's, there's a lot of problems. One of them is they're not profitable. Yeah. And since the environment has changed this year, investors want profits. Now, they, they, they can't give it for the, ter- for the short term. I mean, they have predictions, but they're not there yet. So the other problem they have is they have now consistently been underperforming on expectations. And, and one of the numbers that the market is paying really close attention to is what it's so-called ARR, the annual returning revenues, yeah. which is basically the, the, uh, the, the, the money they're making now that is almost bound to return in the coming years. Yeah. And that gives you some certainty as an investor. Now, if you constantly disappoint, then constantly expectations will be pared back and, and the share price follows suit. Personally, after such a big fall, I think they are, given the whole the whole sector has been sold down, much better propositions out there with much yep. much better risk profile. Yep, and pretty competitive market that <laughs> pro- yes. productivity tools with some big global. That's behemoths. true. When you're up against Adobe, uh, for no. starters, uh, Carl. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Rudy's F-bomb before was more about the fact that we're agreeing on stuff today <laughs> than, than anything else. And, uh, you know, look, we both tackle the markets from very different perspectives. Yeah. But we, we, I think both of our BS filters, I won't drop any other swear words today for you, Koshi, but our BS filters are pretty pretty high and are pretty pretty accurate. And I think we're, we're kind of agreeing on, on some of these things on that basis. And I think this is one where the, the BS filters, you know, sounding the alarm bells. And, look, it wasn't even that good in the, in the, in the tech boom on the way up this one and because it was just so ridiculously overvalued even by those standards and it just continued to miss expectations um, so my spreadsheet I've got a broker consensus estimates going forward for the next three FYs and I do remember covering this one um, for you on the call uh, well over a year ago and it was supposed to um, go um, OCF positive in um, 2023 I think it was or 2022 and, and maybe um, uh, have, have its made in profit in 2023 and what you find with a lot of these tech companies because they continue to disappoint their costs are so, so high they can't control those costs um, to, to fund that growth they don't get operationally cash flow positive that gets getting kicked down the road yeah. and so does the profit so this one now looking on my forward forecast isn't going to make money out to fy 2025 it's got a negative eps of um of about nine cents there and the trend isn't looking good uh, up to that point so i have no idea when these guys are going to make money if they ever do and on that basis i do yeah. feel it's uninvestable i think the chart reflects that and you should you should you should follow what the market is thinking about this and uh, i would therefore go with a sell okay
All right, uh, let's recap the uh, first five stocks. Stock of the day, a buy from Carl, a no from Rudy. Uh, Woolworths, a hold from both. Um, Carl prefers uh, Coles in the supermarket space. Uh, Rudy prefers Woolies. Uh, Index, uh, a sell from Rudy, a no from Carl. United Malt, no from both. Um, Coronado, a sell from Carl, an effing sell from uh, from Rudy. Um, and Nitro sell from Carl and a no from uh, Rudy as well. Uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy uh, portfolio as picked by the Investment Committee. Latest episode of the Investment Committee went live last night. So go to osbiz.com and watch it on the platform. Uh, so heading into August, Ordinate was removed. Yes, that's controversial. Uh, and Oz Minerals was added. A, uh, the committee reckons Ordinate has peaked. Um, they also upped the holding uh, size of the holding in Woodside. Uh, we'll update you on how the updated uh, portfolio is travelling later in the week. Um, and don't forget to keep selling in all the or sending in all the requests for the call because that's a first filter to the investment committee. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second to none trading tools. Plus, our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, this half hour, we're going to take a look at Ansel, Ventia Services, 92 Energy, National Tire and Wheel and Westpac. You couldn't get a more diverse five stocks if you tried, which is what we love about the call. Um, Rudy, Josh wants a view on Ansel, the uh, uh, basically the the healthcare production and mainly surgical gloves, is it? Well, it's, it's, it's protective gear in general. They, yeah. I mean, don't, you won't believe it, but these guys do uh, oil platforms and, and the likes. Right. Uh, anything that, uh, I mean, uh, firemen, right? anything right. That, that needs protection. Big hazard suits and yeah, all that sort all of stuff. That. Um, they got out of condoms years ago, didn't they? Yes, yes. They, saw that they thought they didn't have a comp- competitive position in that, right. having to deal with supermarkets uh, and trying to yep. buy, sell them gloves and condoms. Yeah, they, yeah. They just Lost went for the excitement. Went, they went for the gloves. <laughs> So uh, the uh, uh, no, uh, and the reason is as follows. I, mean, I actually know Ansel quite well. It's it's a it's a very good performer over a long period of time. Uh, I, I regard it a little bit as a, as a as a little Emco, um, but the reason why I, why I like Emco a lot more it's because it's a larger business and it tends to be better at managing its costs. Right, and that is my question mark for Ansel at this point in time. Ansel is very dependent on, amongst other things, oil. Because yeah. that's where latex comes from, yeah. and, um, and plus, I mean, every once in a while they have some uh, com- competitive pressures from from cheap products from Malaysia. But my problem here is 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 the, is the oil price and, and and the managing of costs mm-hmm. by Ansel White, where I'm less confident. Right. Now I can understand that people jumped on Ansel when it was twenty two dollars. Yeah. I can I can see the value there uh, at twenty six dollars, where I think it is now. Uh, it can be back at twenty two dollars in in a heartbeat right. if they come out with their result. Having said so, if they manage this period or somehow they come out of this period with, with the high oil price and the recession coming and everything, they probably are again looking at the long-term well, well performance ahead because right. the share price is really too cheap for their true potential. Okay. But short-term, I think the risks are... are I, I, I don't like the risk profile at this point okay. in time. So I'll, I'll, I'll prefer to wait until the result in August. Right, but you prefer Amcor in that sector. Uh, Carl? Yeah, I'm going to agree with him again. I can't believe it. Uh, I just, even, it's, it's, even the chart says that. Rudy says yeah. charts are hocus pocus, um, but even the charts agreeing with him, that might change his view. I, look, I, I think there's a there's a this is a high quality stock. So if you are, you know, we talk about defensive plays and we talk about Woolworths and Coles, and this is look, you, you can't put all your defensive plays in your supermarket basket, right? I mean, you, yeah. you need to if you want if you're a defensive investor, you need to find other um, sectors 
with defensive plays. And this is an excellent one. It has just grown its, its earnings so consistently, even prior to the pandemic bump, which it is now cycling. But Rudy's right. It costs, you know, um, I sent through a chart of oil. Maybe uh, we're going to, I was going to talk about that later on, but it's probably worth putting up now because, yeah, this is the big deal for them. Um, it's a short term, um, it's double edged though, because look, I, I think. If anything, energy prices are probably going to come down um, for oil specifically, so that might help them out. But there's going to be this this next this current earnings is where um, some of that disclosure is going to happen as to as to um, you know it not being so good. Uh, I agree. Look at 22. That's that's where we think it's cheap. I think around here we think it's fully valued. Um, the chart is good, not great. Uh, so no, the chart is okay. I wouldn't even say good. It's a little bit of a rally there, but not exciting. I think if you've got it, there's just enough if I really squint in there to hold it if you are a defensive investor looking for right. quality. But if you're a growth investor like me looking for momentum, bottom left, top right, you wouldn't be buying this one. Okay. All right. Uh, Verity wants a view, Carl, on Ventia Services. Um, uh, it's in the infrastructure maintenance business in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, yeah. What a great segue, actually, because we're talking about this idea of defensive. Maybe this is the defensive call today. You know, we've gone Woolworths, we've gone Ansel potentially, um, and now we're talking about Aventia, which provides all the sort of the, the asset maintenance services for your, your big infrastructure. So, you know, Sydney Harbour Tunnel, a bunch of yep. hospitals, a New Zealand power grid, for example, amongst many, many other things. So they keep the essential stuff running. So you would say they're pretty essential as well in the whole scheme of things. Um, a very sort of um, uh, the, look, the, and we've talked about costs as well, rising costs uh, for a lot of companies. Well, most of the vast majority, 94%, according to the company, uh, percent of their contracts are based upon um, uh, you know clauses where they can claw back higher costs. Okay, so um, they're pretty well protected uh, in that regard. Um, uh, earnings growth outlook looks pretty good. You know, we're talking high. Um, single digits. That's okay, not shooting the lights out, but you know, a pretty reasonable valuation to go uh, on it right now with sort of 14 this year, uh, 13 to 12 for the next couple of years, and a pretty good di- you know, dividend yield there, 5.5% fully franked. So defensively, tick, 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 tick. And then I get to the chart and I like the chart. I think the chart looks good. It's for the most part, bottom left, top right, short-term trends are in place, price action looks good. So for your defensive investor, this is absolutely a buy for me. Okay. Uh, Rudy, hasn't been going that long for your filter. No, that's, that's, that's one thing. The other thing is this it is still a relatively small company in the bigger scheme of things. Yeah. And the, the third element to me as an investor is uh, the share price has, has done quite well already. Um, so I would prefer to, to wait A, August results. Second one, uh, probably better to, to buy them on, on weakness. Right. And um, a very simplistic uh, theory, September is still ahead of us. Yep. If you get a traditional September weakness, by all means, wait for September. Um, if you're in it, hold it. Um, hold? Well, if, I'm assuming that if you're in it, that, you, that you're very familiar with the company and you're very happy to, to, to cash the dividends, all of that, I would, yes, you can, right. you can stay in there. Hold in it. Okay. All right. Uh, Grace wants a view, Rudy, on 92 Energy, the uranium expo- exploration company with um, <laughs> holdings in, uh, in Canada. Yeah. Um, uh, it takes it takes a really different risk profile. I mean, I know uranium is is uh, is, is one of those hot sectors, but yep. uh, I find it always difficult to to buy a company that has no revenue, yep. uh, only costs, and the only reason why you would buy it is because the 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 price of the product goes up, but it's not producing any. Yeah. Uh, for me, that I mean, as long as it's in the ground, for me, it has no value. Yeah. Um, and I, I suspect also the, the, the market cap is, is quite low. The, yeah. the daily uh, turnover <coughs> in shares is quite low. Um, so for me, this, if you want to buy uranium, why wouldn't you buy uh, Paladin Resources, for example? Yeah. Yes, they're not producing at the moment, but they, 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 they want to produce in 18 months' time. Right, which cl- I, closer to Which that. I think is a, is a much better proposition than a company that may never produce. And okay. I remember the last uranium boom, we had more than 100 companies on the stock exchange, yeah. 10 years, 15 years later, none of those companies is producing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Carl? I'm going to disagree with Rudy on this one. 
Uh, not to say that I would buy 92 Energy, but I just think you know there's a time and a place in your portfolio for stocks like 92, which let's face it, are burning cash. That's what they do. But a perspective to you know be a, you know if they hit, if they find what they're looking for, you know that could be fantastic. But at the same time, I want to buy them when there's some momentum. Um, I also want to buy them when they've got some results coming out, and these guys certainly have some results coming about. So um, obviously it's a northern northern hemisphere. If you don't know what they do, they're looking for uranium in Canada. And at Athabasca Basin, I think I pronounced it right. And uh, in and around there, um, you've got uh, a bunch of uh, producing and historical mines, some of the biggest uranium mines uh, in the world. Some of them are on care and maintenance. Some of them are deliberately um, uh, on low production because uh, it's cheaper sometimes to produce at marginal um, profits instead of closing a mine down right. and maintaining it, then having to invest. So the uranium um, price is, is, is probably another picture we can talk about. But look, in terms of um, real estate, it's all about location, location, location. And these guys are in about the best place you can be outside of, say, Namibia. Um, they, they are 10 kilometres away from some of the biggest mines in the world. So they're, they're drilling. Um, results so far look good. It's a really high-grade stuff. It's shallow. Um, it's open in, in, you know, in all directions. So if this is my favourite uranium exploration play, okay, and there are many, many, many of them out there. Um, that's the uranium price. You can see how it has rallied recently but um, is, is pulling back a little bit. And that pullback is what's causing a lot of those Paladins, Boss Energies, Lotus, Vi um, Deep Yellow, Vimy's been taken over, uh, Peninsulas, all to pull back a bit, okay? So um, if you want to go producers, uh, Rudy's right, Paladins uh, got a minor care and maintenance, uh, Boss has got a minor care and maintenance, um, Lotus has a mine on care and maintenance. Uh, they could get started if the uranium price popped up within the next sort of you know 18 months, each of them. Um, funding is going to be an issue for each of them. Um, Aura Energy and Deep Yellow would be the next two, uh, which are closest to uh, having a resource which could get to mine in the next couple of years. As I said, 92, long story short, is my favourite uh, exploration play. And if that's you, if you're uranium bull, then that would be the one you would buy. But for me, the chart isn't quite there yet to call it a buy. If the chart picks up a little bit, gets some momentum, I'd happily call it a buy. So it's a halt okay. for now. Okay. All right. Um, David wants a view, uh, Carl, on National Tire and Wheel, the big, uh, um, as the name implies, uh, the big um, car tire and uh, truck tire distribution arm. Yeah, what well, we talked about earlier on, Ancel's one, you know, obviously latex, major input in latex is, is crude oil, and uh, the major input into tyres is is crude oil again. So that stat I gave you last time I covered this, Koshi, back in yeah. May, I think it was, I said seven gallons of oil goes into every tyre. It's astonishing. So obviously the suppliers, um, you know, NTD's yeah. suppliers uh, have jacked up their prices. Uh, and, and if you, you know, if you try to buy anything, uh, we, we're doing some renovations at the moment we're buying all sorts of you know stone and tiles and all sorts of things i know they're not tires but you know because the freight costs have just gone astronomically through the roof um things that you know are, are double what they were you know just 12 months ago um so they these guys are experiencing the same thing plus things aren't arriving on time you know plus you know staff are, are sick with covid so they just had this horrible period um punctuated really by uh, russia's invasion of ukraine funnily enough because that sent the oil price oil price um, spiking looking looking forward i don't think um, enough of these things are going to back out uh quickly enough to, to, to save these guys. And I think the trend is, is very much now established to the downside on the chart. So uh, with it, it's tough to make a business case. It's tough to make a technical case. So I'm going to stick with my original uh, rating from last time with a sell. Um, that's a crude oil price. I do think um, that's probably more likely to come down than to go up. Maybe that's going to help uh, National Tire a little bit, um, but I just don't think this, it's compelling enough to go for a buy just on that basis. Okay, so if the oil price is falling out of bed, You'd get out of the Woodsides and, and Santos's oh, and yeah. the like. Well, it's interesting. We talked about uh, investment committee increasing Woodside. Yeah. I think all, the oil price is going to go down. I actually think right. it's peaked uh, and we are going to see lower oil prices okay. over the next, next six months. I'm not Ready? an investment committee, but I'm assuming they were doing that because of gas, not of oil. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
with the gas prices. And there is now, a, usually, that's not the case, but at the moment we have a divergence. I mean, yes. gas is the new coal, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. oil is just doing what oil always does best, right. confusing everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seven <laughs> gallons of oil into a tire. Yes, I know. It's a lot, that's isn't it? weird, isn't it? Yes, well, um, okay. yes. It, it, all, it also means that it shows you how, how difficult it is to get the world off oil. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, don't mention diapers. No. <laughs> oh. Well, how much oil goes into a diaper? I don't know how much it is, but it is an oil product. Is that oil? Oh, it was developed okay. by, by Oil Dutch Shell in right. Amsterdam. Okay. Um, national tire and, and, and wheels. Um, you can take a view that everything that's been holding them back thus far, that, that that will bring some relief at some point. And that's why maybe you can take a punt on this talk. But um, I, I hasten to say, if you if you if you invest for the longer term, more often than not, these vulnerable small cap companies, they do not perform in the long run. They do perform occasionally, so that's almost becomes like a trading stock or or a right. punt every once in a while. Um, you wouldn't want to, to put a share price like this next to uh, ResMed or Aristocrat or whatever. I mean, it, yeah. it, it disappears into the nothingness, and and that's basically where, as an investor, I sit. Why would you go for this? Very low volume, very low market cap. It obviously is vulnerable to a lot of elements out there, post-COVID, and, and you're now basically uh, trying to respond to that they will get relief at some point, which is, which is probably arguably is going to happen at some point, but I'm not, I'm not in favor. I'm with Carla here as well. Um, given that we have had a weak share market for, for five or six months. There's plenty of stocks out there. Very, very much more rewarding risk profile, in particular over the long run. Right. Okay, 1.6 quarts of oil goes into each diaper. There you go. Oh, no, 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 for their entire diapering period. A no. cup of oil mm-hmm. goes into the plastic to make a, a nappy. And uh, be a grandfather with two uh, seven-month-olds at the moment and a toddler. Um, you add up how many you go through a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, seven, go. seven gallons a day, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's interesting. All right, how much oil go goes into into different products? Um, Rudy, our final stock uh, is Westpac. Okay. Um, what do you think, uh, Zach? Wants to be on. I mean, we haven't been the, the most optimistic bunch, both of us today, no. and, and unfortunately, um, I'll, I'll ask the computer. Right. <laughs> uh, no, computer says no. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a no for me. Um, again, I think. Um, listen, the, the big question mark here is we, we're seeing now pretty much an acceleration in, in weakness in the housing market locally. Right. The big question mark is how is that going to impact on a household spending and and on on mortgages and all of that so in such an environment and i know people like carl always go you you take the cheaper one in the sector well cheaper one at this point is probably a and z and probably Uh. competing with with westpac but they're both not well run banks at this point in time I mean, if you, if but interest, I'm, I'm don't, a very, yeah. uh, don't when interest rates go up, supposedly their margins go up. Yeah, but that's that's one element. The other element is that bad debts grow as well, and right. and these guys are um, unfortunately uh, battling rising costs as well. Yeah. So the whole debate in the market now is is how much exactly will fall through to the to the bottom line, and and nobody's really quite sure about it, but. As a long-term investor, you want to go with the market leader or with the best one yeah. companies in the sector. At this point in time, the market has definitely given the clues there. <coughs> NAP and, and CBA are premium banks, yeah. and the other ones are not. Right. Right? Yes, you get a high, you get a higher dividend. Yes, you get a cheaper valuation, but right, these guys are not well-run businesses. Okay. So I'm not a big fan of it. Taking a positive view, the they're not going. They're not going to cut their dividends. They, at worst, probably will just keep them stable. Um, but I also think they're not going to be. Um, let, me, let me put it this way: low expectations for the 18 months ahead. Right. Probably best, and maybe then they can surprise okay. on the upside. All right, uh, Carl. Uh, credit Corp came out, and its share price was down because it said people are paying off their credit cards more. So. Loan book availability isn't out there for them to buy. So you're in this sort of crossroads at the moment, aren't you? 
Yeah, oh, look, it's, it's, it's such a dynamic um, environment for these financial services companies at the moment. And whilst I think uh, they will get a bounce, as you say, uh, rates have gone up. So what they're doing is obviously not putting up their deposit rates, funnily yeah. enough, as much as they're charging on their mortgage rates. And they've got this little window where, they, where that'll work for them. And they're going to make, you know, I think we're going to have a pretty good reporting season. I think that's why we're seeing these rallies. So as, as uh, Rudy mentioned, NAB and CBA, huge rallies, you know, 20 odd percent plus, which I think has bench pressed this entire index. So CSLs rallied and your big four banks uh, have rallied. Well, ANZ's still flat for some reason, but three out of the four. So that actually concerns me about the broader index as well. I think a lot of this recent rally has been juiced by the financial services companies, mm. the huge weightings there. And, and the rest of the market is, is vulnerable to this slowing growth story, really touched upon it uh, with what's going on with the housing market. So I think longer term, um, so medium, well, medium term outside of this next reporting season, because the yield curve is largely inverted now right so what that means is that the banks have to that they they what they do is they obviously try and um you know borrow at uh borrow from us and pay us very short-term rates and then uh, lend to us at very long-term rates they're going to have to pay more to get the, the funding from us and then get relatively less um, from their mortgage rates as, as time goes on. And that inversion is going to, well, it's there because we're expecting a recession uh, to appear sometime very soon. It's already happening in the US potentially and, and, and here in the not too distant future. So uh, this logic of buying banks uh, heading into a potential recession doesn't sit well to me. I think they've, they've had huge bounces and I think that makes them expensive here. So if you've had if you if you're a bank holder, I'd almost be taking some profits uh, on these shares rather than looking to get in right now. Um, if you're going to ignore everything I've just said because you know you'll never sell your banks, why would you? And you have to buy another one. Would you buy Westpac? Well it is our it is our preferred pick in the sector, but it's not exactly a, a buy per se. I mean if you have to buy a bank I think Westpac's the one you would get. It's got the best uh, expected growth, the the best um, dividend, well, it's relatively better dividend yield and a lower PE. So um, if that's the one, but I wouldn't buy it personally. Okay. All right. Let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. Ansel, a no from Rudy. He prefers Amcor in this sector. A hold from uh, Carl. Uh, Ventia, um, a long-term... Uh, buy for for defensive investors, uh, a hold from Rudy, 92 Energy, uh, a no from Rudy. Um, why wouldn't you look at a producer like Paladin if you want to get into uranium? Uh, a hold from Carl. National Tire, a sell from Carl, a no from Rudy. And Westpac, a no from Rudy. And Carl is saying take profits, basically, if you're in any of the big four banks at the moment. Carl Kapalinga from Think Markets. Always great to catch up. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. And Rudy Phillips. Thanks, Koshi. From FN Arena. Good to see you. My pleasure. All right. If you've got any stocks you want me to put to our expert panels, um, just put them in an email, the call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Reminder, to find all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Uh, that's it from us. See you tomorrow at midday for another edition of the call. Up next, the small caps.